We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. All right, guys, uh, getting back into some of these previews. Want to obviously look to see what things are happening that are a little different than the last time we talked. When we, uh, I talked to Kevin Weiss, who covers the Tampa Bay Rays, Locked On Rays podcast. We spoke back before this whole thing started. Before the, I think it was, actually, it might have been right afterwards. Or it, was, it was around the time it, it stopped, right. right? It was pretty close. We didn't know what was going to happen. And I think we just kind of pressed on just in case you know, things weren't uh, what they actually became. But um, we want to know what's going on now because obviously the Rays are the formidable opponent in the division right now. I think it's going to be between the Rays and the Yankees. So, um, yeah, certainly want to talk about what's what's been going on with uh, you guys over the past uh, four months-ish and, uh, and if anything's changed. So, Kevin, welcome back to the show, man. Appreciate you coming on. Of course, of course. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's, it's a two-horse race between the Yankees and the Rays and the ALEs. Like, I honestly, the way I have it is I have it. I mean, just hometown bias here. I've got Rays, then Yankees, then Blue Jays, then Red Sox, and then of course Orioles at the bottom. Yeah, so, the, the Red Sox are falling apart, so they they may be, you know, the the um, the wheels might be coming off, uh, and they may come off very soon, early in the season when they when they realize that they don't have the pitching because they don't have the pitching. Nathan Avaldi is their pitcher. 
That's it. Yeah. That's all we need to Mr. say. Mr. 599 ERA last year is, is yeah. the ace. Former Ray also, by the I, way. I won't, I won't talk about the man crush that I did have on Nathan Navaldi for a hot minute when he was with the Yankees because of the stuff. I'm a stuff guy. But mm-hmm. that aside, he's definitely not a, uh, a guy that you can build a rotation on that's going to compete for a division title. Um, I think what's interesting between now and where we are today uh, that's different from the last time we talked is now we know that we do have a 60-game sprint, right? I think when when we were talking, I, I, I did. I identified the Tampa Rays as a, as a short season, uh, actually a bump for you guys. I think it being more of a, you know, something that, that you could work off of because of the approach that you take, the, the, the style that you guys have, a lot of bat-to-ball type contact. Um, and, I, and I still kind of think that's true. I think that this is going to be very interesting in how that, that works. The Yankees, if they're hitting the ball out of the park early on, it won't matter. That that's Because if you're doing that early, then that's fine too. Um, and, and then it'll come down to the pitching, which I think is pretty 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 close maybe even you know you guys having the edge with those that with that top three if everybody could stay healthy um but yeah the 60 game sprint i think changes things for sure oh yeah it's going to be interesting because the rays they certainly have the depth like this having this 30 man roster to start and then 28 man and then 26 man definitely works in their favor and they're i see some creative things from them i could see them you know with only 60 games they could they could work their starters you know Every four days instead of every five days, they could do the they could do two starters in one game. I mean, there's a lot of options they have with this 60 game sprint, and they're going to mix and match guys like they always do. But I think they they set up, and, and again, anything can happen in a 60 game season. I mean, I, I I've talked about like even the Blue Jays could could go on a two month run and finish over 500. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but like there's a lot of teams that you know two months down the road, what they're they're in the playoff chase. They're they're in the playoff hunt here. So, but I do think the Rays. I mean, no, no matter how long the season is, I think it sets up well for them. And I think that the fact that I think this is the strongest Rays team assembled, um, definitely in the Kevin Cash era, and maybe maybe ever, definitely offensively, it seems like the strongest. Assuming that COVID nineteen doesn't doesn't hit any more position players, like Austin Meadows, for example, has been dealing with COVID nineteen. We don't know how how effective or available he will be, or if he'll even be ready opening day. And there's several other guys who have tested positive as well. But with all the additions and signings they made in the off season and um, just seeing uh, they, they just had their first intra-squad game yesterday and they were looking good. I mean, they had, they had Tyler Glass now pitching and, and Blake Snell pitching. Those guys didn't look so good, but the guys were putting bat to ball. Um, and hitting up the middle and, and, and showing some pop there. So they're, they're definitely an intriguing team. And I think, you know, when it's all said and done, I think it's, it's going to be neck and neck between the, the Yankees and the Rays. So is it, all, yeah, all is equal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting in the fact that the, the, because there's 10 games against division opponents like this, and because it's such a, such a margin, the, the, the margin for error now is so much smaller, in, especially inside your division. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. There's going to be mm-hmm. more identifying particular games and then sh- potentially shifting around pitchers or redoing a rotation, maybe giving a guy an extra day off just so he can set up for a game against the Rays or whatever it is. I think we're going to see more of a playoff atmosphere for every single game, actually, because they're, they're going to be so important. I mean, at the end of the day, most likely that 10 games, right, is going to, it's going to be the division winner. Whoever comes out of that mm-hmm. game, those games, um, unless it's just a split and and then we see, uh, you know, major losses or, or or bigger wins in the NL, which is possible because they are 
some good teams over there as well right. in, the, in the NL East. I think it's going to be the head-to-head between the Yankees and the Rays as the uh, uh, who comes out. And because of that, it's going to feel like a playoff atmosphere. It's going to feel like a 10-game series, if you will, where they're going to be shifting things around. So that, to me, makes it super interesting. Like I think this yeah. whole season is going to be interesting, for if nothing else. Yeah, and for the Rays' sake, to be quite frank, they had so many, I mean, you know this, the Yankees had so many injuries last year, but like nobody on the Rays outside of Willie Adamas and Charlie Morton really were able to get through a 162-game season. But with just 60 games, I'm just assuming guys can stay on the field. Like Kevin Kiermeyer doesn't pull a hammy or something in, in game 98 or something like that, or, or Brandon Lau doesn't. Like, I feel like 60 games is the the perfect amount of time for guys to stay healthy before, like, you know, Yandy Diaz, he 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 hit the IL three times last year and, and couldn't get his foot in shape and like all these different things popped up. And it's like 60 games. If you can't stay healthy for 60 games, I, I can't help you with anything. So I feel like at least the Rays should be able to stay on the field, assuming that they don't get hit uh, with the COVID any more than they already have. And they've already, I, I think like half a dozen guys um, have been hit with it. Does, far does Tampa through, have through the most in uh, in MLB? Are they up there? They must be up there with the most guys who have tested positive. They've they've got to be. So th- what they're doing, they're kind of doing this like backwards thing where they say that okay, so and so, like we didn't find out that Austin Meadows officially had COVID nineteen. He had missed thirteen straight workouts in summer camp, and like unless he broke his arm or something, we had to just deduct Assume, that. Yeah, yeah, he's got COVID nineteen. Um, and I don't. I they're, they're still. Like Randy Rosarina, who projects as kind of a depth outfielder type this year, he still has not been back, and neither has uh, Brendan McKay. But I'm assuming they have COVID-19 too. But Meadows, Jose Martinez, Yanni Chirinos, all those guys had COVID-19. And then I'm missing one other guy, I'm pretty sure. Um, But safe to say, several guys have gone down with the virus. So talk about that. I mean, Florida obviously is is the the big concern, I think, for a lot of teams traveling in and out of as well. And when you're looking at what this plan is, Florida is probably the biggest uh, the biggest you know concern for everybody, honestly. Uh, so how are the people down there talking about it? How are the Rays players talking about just actually playing and and like the comfort level and all of that stuff too? Because I think that's a a big part of what's happening for you guys specifically. Right. I think now that they realize like everything in place they know how to go about everything with health and safety precautions and everything like they they don't seem as concerned as like i remember you know Blake Snell had his uh had some um interesting comments a couple yeah. months ago but like in the, in the inter squad game for example like guys were joking around they weren't like social distancing necessarily like Jose Martinez the Rays first baseman he had uh he had his uh mask like on his chin um, G man Choi had a mask on. It wasn't even covering his face. Like, so I feel like they're not even taking it completely, totally seriously, at least when they're in the trop, but outside of it, I'm sure they've been directed. Okay. This is what you need to do. You need to make sure you're not anywhere where you, you know, don't do anything foolish or selfish. Like I get that. It's, I mean, certainly Florida is a hotbed, but it's not like we walk outside and you know, Oh, we're going to be, be struck by the virus. Like as long as we wear a mask and we're, you know, we're not doing anything stupid like going onto the beach and um, being around thousands of people at a time or, or going to a major gathering. Like we're fine. I mean, knock on wood, I haven't been hit by it and I've been doing pretty much everything that I normally would. I, I still go golfing. I still go to the gym and everything. 
Um, now find out probably tomorrow I'll get it or something like that. But yeah, like, you it, it doesn't yourself. seem like these guys, like just because they're in Florida, they're taking it like to an upteenth level or something like that. Like people are talking about like the blue Jays are still homeless, right? As of right now, Pittsburgh, and, like people are, just like, announced it. Oh, it's Pittsburgh. I, I thought they, I, I, thought, thought, the, I thought I saw on Twitter that they announced Pittsburgh. I, I could well, be I wrong. Did, and then I, I heard that Pittsburgh's health department, like Nick's the plan, like just an hour, hour and a half ago or something like oh, that. Oh, that, like that could be. I have not been on Twitter yeah. in the last hour and a half. So if that happened, that is news. Breaking news. Yeah. Here so we as, go. Pittsburgh said no know, to the they, Canadians. Yeah. So they're homeless. And like people are like, oh, would the would MLB really allow uh, a, a third team in Florida as of right now? Like that would make the difference between them, like the whole team contracting the virus. No, I mean, you you planned and you didn't. You're, there's no fans around. There's no, per, there's, you know, you're, you're doing everything that the Rays are doing and that the Marlins are doing and you'll be okay. Like it would be different if like every raised player got the COVID, but I do have insider I, I information on that. I do have insider information on that. I actually, we talked to, um, I talked to Arden Zwelling of Sportsnet Canada yesterday when we did our Toronto's preview and they uh, apparently have already internally said no to Dunedin. Like that's not happening. Oh, wow. They've said no to Dunedin and that's why they're going up to these major league parks. They've also looked at Buffalo and Buffalo was not appropriate based on the, the actual facilities is what they're right. saying. So they're, I mean, to me, if it's not Pittsburgh, if that got it, you know, 86 for some reason, it's going to be another major league park that they're going to have to share. Otherwise they're on the road for a while and some of their home and homes, they can split um, like nationals there and then the Phillies. So they can kind of just stay there instead of going back. Um, they have you know some what, things I got, I'm going to have to take back my comment about the Blue Jays finishing third in the division with everything that's going on with There's, them right now. They're I in trouble. Have to flip it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of things happening and, and I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if when, when we, uh, when everybody started traveling that more obstacles were to come up, but, um, staying on the field. Yeah. I think one of the things for you guys is that the, the, the style of play. And to me, I mean, you, you mentioned them having the best offensive team in potential history, definitely Kevin Cash, maybe even Joe Madden, but look at the top three pitching. I mean, I, I don't know if you can compare that. I think uh, uh, as far as like ceiling wise, you have the t- the best three that you've ever had. Uh, I don't think there's too much of a dispute. You actually think that you've had a better team with the top three pitchers? I, I don't know about a better team, but um, the Rays, I don't know if the Rays have been better offensively. Right. Uh, but I think I think you added on the whole, I think, yeah, this is probably, I mean, it it shapes up to be the strongest team. I mean, the only, the only reason that I may have a little bit of a reservation is because like, I don't know what we're going to get from Blake Snell. I really don't. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Tyler Glassdown about- is also a guy that just doesn't stay on the field. So it's a matter of these yeah. guys being healthy. There's always that, that big, but if, you know, that's why I'm hesitant to say like, if they are healthy and they pitch to their capability, absolutely. A hundred percent there. That's the top three in baseball. Like yeah, the nationals have Scherzer and they have Strasburg and who's their third Patrick Corbin. Like that's a really, I don't know if that even matches up to what the Rays have when, they pitch to their level, but like Blake, I just don't know if he's, he, he's a guy that starts slow as it is working his way up through spring training and then having this layoff. And quite frankly, like I could be dead wrong on this, but I think he's just like literally the past, like three, four months, just been sitting on the couch playing video games. Like I saw a picture of him in camp. Looked like he put on a couple, maybe had a couple too many, uh, uh, Starbucks, uh, you know, Frappuccinos or whatever. Um, I, I don't think he's going to bounce back to the Cy Young level, or I think he'll, he'll probably just have a sim, a season similar to what he did last year, which wasn't that great. 
So, um, so even I, with the injury he had. I, I do think that that's going to be one of those issues. You're, you're mentioning about uh, staying healthy for 60 games and that being that should be a relative ease. But I think guys are coming in now completely off of their their normal regimen and like they're not they weren't working out the same way that they normally do every single winter where they do the same thing over and over again and then you know they're coming in like you said they're 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 quarantined they've been doing different things and now they got to ramp up faster and get back into baseball shape faster and then and then get jump right back into a you know an everyday schedule essentially i actually see the opportunity for a lot of injuries early on with, you know, muscle tightness and hamstrings, a lot of soft tissue injuries. I, I have a feeling are going to be a thing which scares the shit out of me because of the Yankees and soft tissue injuries are not a good combination. Um, but I, I could see that being uh, the case across baseball, honestly, with the ramp up so fast. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's something that again has been a problem for the Rays is injuries. I just hope in like a 60 game season that they can mitigate that, but who knows, especially playing on that turf and everything that's going on. Um, but I think if, for the most part, if guys are able to stay on the field, and even if, like, say a K- KK goes down or another player goes, they've got so many guys that can play so many different positions, and they can just mix and match guys that they should be able to be okay at the end of the day, at least in relation to most other teams in baseball. Like, you know, Brandon Lau, for example, who I think might be uh, the team MVP this season if Austin Meadows isn't able to get on the field in time. Like, you can stick him in left field, right field, first base, second base. Of course, you could DH him. I mean, you can do a lot of different things with him as well. And, and of course, the Rays are like the, the interesting thing is like in this 60 game season, like how much do the Rays are like, all right, we're just going to try whatever. Like, are we going to do the two man outfield? Are we going to go with even a one man outfield at times and do like a super shift type of a deal? Like I, I'm here to watch like the quirkiness and, and some of the unique outside of the box maneuvers uh, that the Rays go with this season if they do end up going that route. So one thing about the Rays that I think is interesting this year, and I don't, um, you know, I don't know if things have changed since when we talked because a lot, you guys have, uh, I think Keith Law put you guys as the number one um, farm system, ranked rank system in the bigs right now. Wander Franco is a guy, obviously top, top prospect, top shortstop mm-hmm. prospect. And he wasn't projected to come up this year, right? He was probably not going to be. This is the 30-man roster in the beginning of the season. And just the fact that we have a shortened season at this point, and there's no minor league season, does that change the fact? Uh, and is he going to be in the bigs? So I, he is on the 60-man roster, but I do not think he's going to be in the big leagues this year. Unless, like, literally the whole team gets wiped out. And is that like, for service not- time? Because of service time? Clearly, yes, that that is part of the Rays' mo, but also because he hasn't played above a ball too. Yeah. So that's another thing that I don't think you know. I've talked to my co-host on the Locked On Rays podcast, and we're like, we look at maybe like September twenty-one at the earliest. Like the Rays just don't like to push guys. They definitely like the, to take their time because of the service time issues, but also because they don't want a guy to get called up and then fail, and then he's just not the same player again, and and does, can't find his mojo or whatever. Like. And they have, like, if the issue is about, oh, who's going to be the backup shortstop, they can, you know, if Willie Adamas goes down, there's a lot of guys that they can throw at that shortstop spot. Daniel Robertson, Joey Wendell, Mike Brousseau, like, there's a lot of guys waiting in line. The, the Rays have a lot of, like, AAA guys, too, that they can call up and use in a pinch if needed. Like, I just don't see a scenario where Wando, Wander Franco gets the call this season. The only reason he's on the 60-man roster is just so he can stay in shape, get workout and get workouts and get reps because there's not going to be a minor league season. Yeah. At least that's how I've seen it. And there's not there's not really been any talk about him in summer camp or like he wasn't playing in the intra-squad game or anything like that or really any 
of the the simulated intra-squad games. Like he's been at, from what I understand, in, in Port Charlotte, just working out with the rest of the minor leaguers. So I think it's interesting because I think a, like a team like the Rays right now are set up where they could, you know, make a run at this uh, this COVID World Series, whatever whatever it's going to be deemed as, uh, when whoever wins this thing, and like catching lightning a bottle later in the season. That's where I could see a team like the Rays if they were, you know, on, on the on the cusp or like you know needing just some kind of an energy boost or whatever it is, like could potentially go to a guy like that who's, you know, you you, you think could potentially, potentially, I know he's not played above A-ball, but yeah. if you have some development time, at least a couple months, catching lightning a bottle and, and just bringing up a bat, you know, for for that point, even to DH occasionally, I could see that happening. But then you get into the, you get into the um, service time and then, you know, looking at the, the long-term future of a guy like him, right. he's just that special. I feel like he could, he could make a, a move later in the season. Right. I don't disagree. I just think that the Rays, uh, in some cases, they're more about money than than winning at the end of the day. But if the if that's what it takes to win a World Series, even in this season, who knows? Maybe they will pull a trigger. I'm just saying from I mean from past history, they they haven't done that. I, I would think if maybe he was he was at the point. Okay, he's played Double A ball. He's he's gotten some looks at Triple A. All right, let's go ahead and call him up and and see what happens. Like they've already done that with a couple of guys, like Shane Boz, Shane McClanahan, a couple of. Um, other top prospects for the Rays, more you know, pitching guys, but um, I just don't, I just don't know if I see it with with Wander this season. Um, I mean, there's other guys that they could go to, like Randy Rosarina, if he gets healthy from whatever his ailment is. I assume it's, uh, I assume it's the COVID. Um, and like Josh Lowe, Nate Lowe's brother, he's he's in AAA or got two AAA, and he's on the 60 man roster, and that could be another guy that they call up who's got who's got a live bat as well. Um, or maybe they just try to trade for somebody. That could be an an option as well. Uh, we could actually see some trades this season, and you know, I don't I don't even know when the trade deadline is, but um, you, you've been traded to Tampa. You have to relocate to Florida midseason. How have fun! <laughs> the person's like, yeah. ah, yeah. Wear a mask. I, I'm surprised you guys aren't calling it the Rona. To tell you the truth, I thought I thought that was going to be. You know, just because um, Snell really just deemed that, like, you know, got to have the guys might have the Rona. Got to got to be worried yeah. about the Rona. I definitely thought that yeah, was going to be something adopted. I mean, I'm surprised there aren't T-shirts. Yeah, because he already he's he's already got his like video game Twitch uh, business franchise model, and he he just uh, signed with uh, Scott Boris a couple months back. So I feel like he's he's all about the business ventures. I would have I would have done like apostrophe Rona, slapped it on a t-shirt, make some money. Like I checked his website. He's selling like t-shirts for 40 and 50 bucks. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm not the biggest fan of Blake Snell. I think, uh, at what, 28 years old now that, um, he's really immature still. Um, and he's a Cy Young award winner and, uh, he's expected to kind of be a leader on this team. And I don't necessarily think he is moreover. It's funny because the, we just had the MLB draft, right? In the Rays, with their first-round pick, they selected a 17-year-old um, that, I guess, I mean, he, he a junior in high school, basically. And he seemed like way more mature and well beyond his years than Blake Snell. Like, he seemed like he was the 27-year-old, and Blake Snell talks like he's a 17-year-old. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, he'll it's he'll a- be a Yankee in due time. I'm, the, the Rays will trade him, you know? <laughs> I mean that—that that is what happens. If they don't, 
there, you guys have a window here, I think. And, and if that window starts closing sooner, then yeah, there, there's going to be some some deals. And uh, our boy Wander Franco might be one of those guys too, where they try to get as much as humanly possible for him, a la, you know, the Glaber Torres type trade or, you know, how the Yankees really just uh, went out and and uh, and tried to get some things for, they did the opposite. They, they actually got some assets for people that needed to win now, but I could see uh, the Rays doing something like that to, to double down. Um Couple, couple last, last minute. Things. First of all, like, what else do you see as far as this team as being a, a real pivotal point? The bullpen. Do you, do you see the bullpen? I know you guys had a really good, I'd say, very underrated bullpen. Definitely not well known, but, but very good. Uh, last year, do you see that everybody's, you know, at this point back up and and projected to be what they were uh, in March? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I mean, it, it might be the strongest bullpen in baseball. Definitely, probably top three. At least so the Rays did trade Emilio Pagan to the Padres and they got back um, got back back a couple of guys. So Nick Anderson now is finally going to get the spotlight and will be uh, he's he's supposed to be in in the closers role. But I think that the biggest key for the bullpen and we just found out the other day that Colin Pache, um, the the left hander who throws rising fastballs is going to be out for the season, going to have a second Tommy John surgery, but that's not like a deal breaker. Like they can fill guys in, like they had signed Aaron loop, you know, journeyman, uh, major leaguer, like he'll, he'll, he'll slide in that role and do fine as a lefty. But I think the biggest key for them with the bullpen is the effectiveness and how Jose Alvarado bounces back. If he does bounce back, because that guy, when he's on, when he's throwing strikes, when he's throwing that 99-mile-an-hour two-seamer that nobody can hit, like your, your eyes just open wide when that pitch comes at you, um, that guy is dangerous if he is healthy and available uh, and throwing strikes, and that is something that he wasn't doing last year because uh, he had a, a family issue in Venezuela um, and got got hurt and just a whole lot of things in, in his year ended short. But if you look at his 2018 numbers, like if he's able to replicate that or do something similar to what he did, like that's going to, that's going to be a really tough seventh, eighth inning for any MLB team out there. Like you, you could put Alvarado in the seventh, Diego Castillo in the eighth, Nick Anderson in the ninth. Good luck putting bat to ball in that case. And they've got, a, they got other, they've got a lot of other like long relief types and, and setup guys like Pete Fairbanks is a, is a hard throwing writer righty who, who brings, uh, you know, he's, he's six foot seven. He brings some intrigue as well. Um, and, and they'll move some like Taz road too. That's another guy that's got, you know, a wicked slider. So they, they're, they're really just a team that gives you so many different looks, um, as far as relievers and, and they mix and match so well that, that they usually get the best of you. So I, I fully expect the bullpen to be extremely strong. I mean, the pitching staff in general, I think, um, assuming they stay healthy. All right. The last question I have for you, which I think might be probably the most important one, honestly, is the the crowd noise that's going into all the different stadiums now. We're hearing it on the on the TV. It's like a hum. It's like a you know. There's mm-hmm. there's there's definitely peaks and valleys when something happens, or even a, like a hard foul ball. Like they're getting creative with it. I think some of these guys home. Do you think the Tampa Bay Rays have an advantage because they have a DJ in place who's you know, probably touched the crowd noise button before I'd say, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to venture out there and say, he's done this before you guys have, you know, the purple lights going. Yeah. Like you got, you got an atmosphere. I feel like that is very, um, it's, it's a good thing for a DJ, right? I mean, like he's, you do have a DJ. When I went there last year, two years ago, last year, I couldn't believe that that guy was there. It's gotta be a a home field advantage for you guys big time uh, compared to other ones, because now you're used to it. 
Well, and I mean, you could also make the joke that's that's been made that, you know, they're so used to not having anybody in the stands that like it's it's nothing new for them, really. So well, that's I think that's that kind of my point. That, He's got a crowd noise button already. Yes. Yeah. I thank you for doing that uh, <laughs> nicely instead of, uh, you know, just throwing it out there. But, yeah, I I do think maybe it does give them a little bit of an inherent advantage. Plus the fact that like these guys so used to not playing in front of fans. I think that helps. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just, they, they, there have been games. Like there was a game last year against the Baltimore Orioles. I am not lying. And I know it's the Orioles, 5,000 fans in the stands, 5,000. Um, moreover, like a lot of these guys, they're young guys. So it's not like they're, they're so far removed from, you know, playing in the backfields in, in high school, college, or, uh, you know, low A ball or, or double A ball where there's not as many, like they, they're not that used to the big lights as say, you know, if you're a member of the, the Red Sox or the Yankees and you've been an eight year big, like a lot of these guys are young guys that are just making the come up and, and they, they've also got a good fun clubhouse. They, they know how they know the situation. They play for the Rays. Attendance is terrible. Um, and they, they got to find a way to entertain themselves. And this is a good fun group that, that really gets along um, and I think that that at the end of the day should be able to carry them a little bit. Yeah. I don't like that about them. I'm going to be honest. I think they do get along. I think they do have a good chemistry inside that clubhouse. Yeah. And that's a, to me, I think that's a problem as a Yankees fan. So, um, although the Yankees also have that good chemistry, I think we are going to see this as a battle down to, you know, the final, uh, the final couple of games between the two teams. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be some good baseball. And I think that, um, the season's going to be interesting. Like I said earlier, if nothing else, it's going to be interesting. 60 game yes. sprint, something we've never seen before. So, um, Kevin, man, thanks for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Uh, guys, if you want some more, uh, uh, information, local information about the Tampa Rays, you can follow Kevin at Kevin Weiss underscore, as long as that's still the Twitter handle. Yes. Um, and, uh, and get all your, your Rays content. You can, you can talk a lot of shit to him as well because the Tampa Bay Rays on Twitter fans, for some reason they get big, they get strong. They get, they get like keyboard. Yeah. I think it's like a herd mentality because they know like, you know, we're always the butt of the jokes and people think there's not a lot of fans. And I mean, yeah, there's not as many fans compared to a lot of other franchises, but there's a lot of, I mean, for as empty as the stands are, there is kind of that rabid, uh, cult following and contingent that lives and dies with every pitch and watches all the games on television or listens on the radio and, and reads all all the articles online. I will say, I mean, quite frankly, a lot of the Rays fans annoy me too. Like I get, (laughs) you know, it's like a little too much. Like I can't take, you know, just watch the games and shut up. I, I don't know what else to tell you, but yeah, they, there's a little bit of that, um, what Napoleonic complex, maybe I I mean, it's, they're setting the tone with their own, their own social media people. I mean, who, who come out, you know, trying to, trying to pick fights. So, you know, yeah, it's it fine. You, you do what you got to do. And I appreciate it. They're, they're a good team. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But again, man, thanks for coming on again. Um, you know, maybe down the road in the middle of this thing, we can talk again and uh, see how things have changed. But appreciate it for coming on. Of course. Anytime. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. 
Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.